This is the Veterinary Project Podcast, episode 108. Welcome to the show created by vets featuring absolutely no pets. This is the Veterinary Project Podcast, created by Dr. Michael Bug and Dr. Jonathan Light. Our resident veterinarians have swapped out their stethoscopes in favor of microphones to bring you the Veterinary Project Podcast, a show focused on real conversations aimed to connect this amazing profession full of remarkable people. Through the sharing of collective stories and wisdom and connecting over the many unique challenges we face, we invite you to join our community of veterinary professionals leading intentional lives. And now, let's get started with another episode of the Veterinary Project Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back. Another episode of the Veterinary Project Podcast. Returning guest, Dr. Gary Marshall this week for a quick catch up. As always, I mean, he is he is full of wisdom. So it, it was a great conversation. I always notice we get going with the mic and our tone just calms out. We can get pretty excitable at times and then it just smooths and the sailing happens and we have great conversation. Third one, and have enjoyed every one of them. Yes. And he, um, after we turned record off, I think he mentioned actually while recording a few places, he'll be one of them, uh, the Veterinary Innovation Conference. I, I'm not sure exactly what it's called, but Jonathan is considering going. So I'm putting him on the spot here. Gary kind of had said, hey, if you come, we'll get to meet in person. So I'm, I'm pushing Jonathan to go to this, this summit. We talked about this on a previous podcast, the scheduling things that are my life right now. And if I can make that happen the next 24 hours, it's on. I will be flying to Portland in two weeks. And the beauty about it is actually I've been to Portland lots of times. Love it. It's not my scene personally in terms of a place that, uh, but there's so many cool spots. And for one night to be able to be in there with thought leaders and I think leaders in our industry that are going to be guiding direction in veterinary medicine over the next five to 10 years. Uh, I'd like to be part of that. There's some very cool panels. Yeah. I would, I would love to make it to that, that uh, conference. I'm on, I'm on baby lockdown. I mean, it's not, it's not imminent, but we're, we're not traveling anywhere in the near future waiting. So maybe that's a 2023 thing for me. The cutoff has happened. Yeah, this one, because of uh, COVID, it shut down the last two years and it was on the docket for the last two years. So I go, okay, I need to make this happen. But there's lots happening in the world right now. Okay. Well, before we dive in, uh, anything else? What else is happening in, in the life of Jonathan? You name it, it feels like it's happening right now, which is pretty awesome. Sometimes there are times where the world collides and you know that the direction that you're going in is the right one. I would say this one is the right time. Just a whole lot of um, just what would seem like disparate conversations, uh, uh, text messages out of the blue, and also structural pieces to our business. And and that's on multiple fronts that uh, though it is a lot of hours and there's a lot of uh, time and commitments, it's it's a good place to be right now. That's my comment. So, okay, sorry. A tangent in the introduction. With Gary, we're diving in here around his uh, Instagram post. Where he talks about, you know, he's he's no longer exhausted and moving down uh, to three days a week clinically. You are on the opposite end of that spectrum currently. I would imagine if we were to add up the number of hours, uh, it would be fairly significant. So, I mean, 
maybe speak to that a little bit because that we talk a lot about seasons of life. So as we get into this episode, we're going to see Gary in one uh, a season of his life, but here you are in a in a different season. Absolutely, and I just look at it very briefly and say, "Hey, uh, Jim Rohn's quote: the four seasons of life." And I'm in the spring season, and you know sometimes you'll jump from one to the other, and depending on the time. Right now, I'm in the spring season. That says I've got to be on, and I've got to be on a lot for lots of responsibilities that are in my on my shoulders right now, and I'm completely fine with that because I also love having this conversation with Gary today, where he is both setting an example for all of us, whether it's young or old, in terms of new to practice, uh, decades in practice, or looking at retirement and future. And I go, my season will come in that end too. It's just not right now. So there's there's no envy there or jealousy there. It's just what it is. Just, again, I know that about myself. It's a great spot to be. So I love listening to it. I like that. You are you are quite good at that. Just an observation from me where, you know, it, it, it can sometimes be easy to look at someone and maybe compare or like you said, envy that, you know, where you're at, you know, what you're working towards, you know, sort of the situation you're in and you embrace it. Like you're always positive about it and, and ready to take it on. It's my own choice. When I left ECA in 2019, I said I had that six months of semi-retirement. It was great, but guess what? It ended very quickly because I see opportunity and options to be able to lead in, in an industry that we love. Welcome to the world. My choice. Nice. Okay, well, let's get on with the episode. Dr. Gary Marshall uh, previously was a guest. He was on episode 73, uh, so feel free to check him out there. You're going to love this conversation. So much wisdom, Dr. Gary Marshall. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. We have a former guest on the show, Dr. Gary Marshall. Gary, great to see you again. Great to be back again. It is. It's always, we've already been kind of chatting before we hit record here. Um, time just seems to disappear when I'm chatting with you. <laughs> it literally took us 30 seconds and we were right into old times again. And old times meaning we've only had two previous conversations with you, but it appears very comfortable. So thanks for doing Yeah, you're, you're very warming. It's easy to warm up to you. I'm, I'm sure you've been told that before. Well, I, I hope I hope others feel the same way. I figure there's either gonna there's gonna be three groups. There's gonna be somebody, a group that's like they just hear it start and they're gonna go, this is boring, and they're gonna turn it off. There's gonna be a group that says, Go, Gary, this is great. We want to hear more of this. And there's gonna be a group that's like, this guy's kind of an asshole. Well, I don't know if, <laughs> if if we like where this is going. So we'll see how it ends up. I I find that last part hard to believe. I can't imagine there's many people that think you're an asshole, but Whatever. They can turn it off. They don't need to listen. Okay, Gary, the reason for having you on, uh, you recently put a post on social media. I think it was like September 9th or so. So within within the last week, and it, it got a lot of attention. And even as I was scrolling, like it stopped me kind of in my tracks. And it was just simply a photo that said, not being exhausted suits me. And then it, it got a lot of engagement and a lot of comments. And then I'm just going to read a quick part of the write-up for, for any listener that has not seen this post yet. And then we're going to dive into it. Um, you started off by saying, I worked a lot of long days and a lot of days per week and took very few vacations for many, many years. Sometimes it was a necessity. Sometimes it was to fulfill a contract. Sometimes it was just because it was the way I was. I thought it was what I was supposed to do. Then you go on to say there's a longer write-up that now that you work three days a week, 
you know, you feel like you're a better vet, maybe have better relationships and can see this extending your career. So we wanted to invite you on here to chat through this post particularly, um, you know, and, and talk about your career at times where maybe you felt exhausted and how now not being ex exhausted catches so much attention in the veterinary space, which is kind of a shame. I, I really wish a post like this didn't get that much attention, to be honest, but I'll, I'll throw you in there and, and we'll go from there. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that last sentiment that it's, um, it's, uh, it's too bad that it's kind of like, huh, yeah, that gets your attention. But I, I, for me, coming to the point where it's like, oh, I want to write this was because it was such a contrast from, from where I had been. And especially um, and part of what you read in that write-up about the, some of it's out of necessity and because of a contract. And it's just the, the recent past, six months ago, um, uh, I was forced to work more than I wanted to work just because um, no other veterinarians and keep the clinic going that I didn't own anymore. And, um, and just doing what you had to do um, because that's what you signed up for. And now that I have, uh, we have a full slate, we got, we're back to a three veterinary practice and they're great. And we've got a, just an amazing manager and we've got a, a much more solid team than we did. You know, everybody had so much turnover during the pandemic and, and now we're really, really solid and we're just, we're just in a groove. Um, I love coming in. And I mean, like I was telling uh, Michael that I'm on vacation, but uh, in here doing surgery today, just because it's like, yeah, uh, that's fine. I, I'll do that and, and help out and, and get some stuff done. And it's not a, not a big deal today because I'm rested. And um, I, I, I love interacting with the clients and my team and my patients because I'm not doing it 70 hours a week anymore. I'm just down to 30 hours a week. Yeah, that's amazing. And I, you know, that jumped out when we were setting this up, you said, well, it is my day off, but I am coming in to help a mentee with a surgery. And that kind of jumped out to me because I, I feel like sometimes when we discuss the word boundaries, people can get very rigid and be like, okay, here's a boundary. It's my day off. It, this is firm. And that, and that's fine if that's your choice, but listening to you speak, there's a lot of like flexibility and fluidity right to this like when you're saying I'm rested so I get to make these choices now and now that it's my choice I love it that's a super good point I I couldn't agree more um and I'm I've never been very good at, at setting boundaries for myself and even when I didn't need to be here as much setting that boundary that says I'm 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 not going to come in here more than three days a week and you guys can handle it. And I knew they could was, was really hard for me as like, like, are they going to think I'm a slacker or, you know, are they not going to like me? Am I not going to make enough money because I'm not seeing enough, that kind of stuff. It all went through my mind. And, and again, that's another thing for the, um, in writing that post that, that just being able to have time to go, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to go for a walk or I'm going to go back in and do more procedures, or I'm going to sit and read a book, um, or I'm going to crank out a lot of these other projects that I haven't been able to do for a while is awesome for me right now at, at this point in my life. Nice. I, I'm curious, you know, that when you said that some of the thoughts that come up in your mind, I'm a slacker, they're not going to like me. How did you, how do you navigate those? You know, and I mean, you, you have a lot of experience. So 
maybe even speaking to the veterinarians that are listening that don't have as much experience? Oh, yeah, that's, that's good. You always have the best questions. <laughs> um, so I, I think, I think for me, it's um, having that permission to do that from the rest of the team as well. And, and that's, that's my experience. That's probably not everybody's experience. Cause I know others, it's like, I just, I just need a break. I need some time. And I really did do that, but it, it took away those feelings of I'm a slacker. They're not going to like me because the team around me said, yeah, get out of here. You deserve it. You've been doing this for a long time. We got it. Um, we know you'll be there. They don't have a, we have an agreement as far as when it's okay to get a hold of me, when it's not, what's okay to tell the clients, you know, how long I'm going to be gone if I'm on vacation, those types of things. And so, so having that, um, uh, I guess for lack of a better term, contract or arrangement with the people that I'm doing it with uh, makes all the difference in the world for me. Mike, if I may jump in and just follow up question on that end, Gary, and really appreciate your honesty on especially those portions of sometimes that internal talk. When you look at the evolution over the last year, as you sold your company, you sold your clinic, you sold a great part of what you spent a lot of your life building. Did you think that you would be at a point a year later where you'd be able to say or provide a post like you did? And if you were going towards that end, is there maybe some steps that you took to make that more possible for those that are also in this transition in their life? Yeah. Um, well, I, I, I think I was hoping that I'd be able to <laughs> write that post a lot earlier, <laughs> but, um, or that it wouldn't seem like it was that big of a difference. And I think you'll probably appreciate this, um, Jonathan, from your perspective, is that the part that, that sort of triggered that I'm not exhausted anymore was not the practice part of it, but was the practice owner part of it. And when, you know, during the middle of the summer, at the end of the day, a staff member says, you know, I think the air conditioner is pumping out heat instead of air conditioning. And it's like, not my job. I'll tell you who I usually call and walk out the door. And, um, you know, it's, it's not that crass, but, um, but those types of things, uh, like you talked about, you know, um, on your podcast, as far as who's going to fix the toilet and stuff like that, that's not me anymore. And that is just a huge, the biggest weight off my shoulders. And I, you know, I just, I get around to it. I think, how the hell did I do this for so long? Um, the stuff that you have to do being a practice owner. So I think that part of it for me that may not resonate, resonate with the rest of a lot of your listeners is that practice ownership part of it. We think that it's just the grind of all the patient care, but that's, that was really only a small part of it for me because that I, I like that. I love my clients. I love treating cats and stuff. I really appreciate you sharing that. And that's a conversation we're happening actually with a couple of, um, individuals in, in clinics that we're looking to purchase right now and mosaic wing and go, what do you love doing? What is the thing that brings you joy? My role and every corporate's got their own differentiator, et cetera, but our job is to support that other end so you can be you. And some expect that to happen day one. It sounds like, again, that communication and trust that you had with the group that bought you 
um, and bought your clinic, I should say, in terms of that transition period, it's taken some time, but you've, you've made it there. Yeah. 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 And, and I think that's, that's the biggest part of it. And I think as you've uh, alluded to there with a corporate structure, a corporation bought me and having those people, you can tell that whether they're the onsite manager, the offsite manager, that's like, how do we engage with these people to make their lives better? Because if we can retain them instead of just cycle through them, it's going to be better for everybody um, all around. They're going to make more money. They're going to have more longer people. They're going to have more client retention, better care. And, and so it's a win, win, win. Yeah. We saw that in some of your comments from the, the people that had posted comments on your uh, mm-hmm. post as well. It's just fantastic. Yeah. It's, it's funny. I've, I have personally never been a practice owner, but it is remarkable how many times I've heard a story similar to that, where it's, it's all the little extra stuff that just keeps piling on outside of the actual like clinical veterinary work. And, you know, that is what, whether that's lead to exhaustion or kind of the straw that breaks the back. Right. And if you can peel that away, like you said, Jonathan, and do what you love and what brings you joy, you know, it, it, it feels like you're rested. You feel less exhausted. Um, Gary, I, I have, this is, a, this is an, another unfair question for you, but I'm on the <laughs> fly. I'm thinking of it here. One thing that, that I noticed you said, you know, you got permission from your staff and all the people around you. So there was great communication there, but because, you know, you had been doing it a long time. What about it? What, what does that look like? And you and you and I and Jonathan talked in pre-recording. You know, we have everyone listening to this podcast has different goals, some of which may include practice ownership, may not. And that's OK. What about someone that that goal is, you know what, I want to get to this part time work early in my career. I have no interest in practice ownership and they have not been doing this a long time. So maybe they don't have that permission box checked, like as we described it. Any, any thoughts like for, for newer veterinarians, you know, that want to move to that without going through, you know, decades, that is the traditional path. Yeah. I, um, I don't, I I think it, it, it can be that relationship. I don't think it has to be a longevity as far as I put in my dues and all that kind of stuff. Um, Cause I know uh, young veterinarians that it's like this, this thing like Jonathan was talking about, is a bigger priority for me right now. And to do that, I don't want to shirk my responsibility of what I've signed up for as a, as a contract as a veterinarian, but I want to start that conversation to say, um, I love this, everything's great, but if I do this a little bit less, then I can take on this other thing. And I, you know, and we've talked about that before with everybody says, you know, millennials don't want to work and all that kind of stuff. It's just, I think that they want to multitask way more than we did. And they, they're, they're willing to take on all these different juggle, all these different balls at one time. And they're more honest with themselves to say that I can't do it all. So for me to accomplish these things, I have to let a little bit go of this other thing. And, um, I don't know if they necessarily need permission, but it it certainly works a lot better if everybody realizes that this is what we got to work with and this is going to be better for everybody um, if we, um, like Jonathan said, if we 
figure out what people, what motivates them and, and how we can fit that in, whether it's 50 hours a week or whether it's 20 hours a week. Um, and if everybody understands that going into it or as that transition occurs, um, I think it'll, I think it'll work out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's a, a little like personal antidote. I, I had peeled back to part-time. I'm a 2008 graduate. I think it was 2012. Um, and, and speaking to some of the feelings you felt, I know I felt like guilt would be the one that jumped up for me where I was like, wow, like, as you said, I'm a slacker and those voices in my head. And for me, it was a clinic pivot. Like I pivoted clinics and went to part-time. Like, so it was kind of a fresh start in that new role. But in 2012, you know, these kind of conversations weren't as prevalent. So, you know, seeing your post that really landed for me, you know, a decade later, it was, it was nice to see it. Yeah. You were a trendsetter. (laughs) I guess a silent trendsetter, but it is, you know, I I really liked what you said there giving, I I hate to paint the brush of the millennial, like, but more honest with yourself. Right. And, you know, it takes a lot of courage to to do that reflection and say, you know what, this is what is right for me and works for me. And then communicate that with the team and then put it in action. Um, You know, that's a that's a a much better frame on it than than some of the negative. Oh, they don't want to work. Yeah, it I'm sure Jonathan is living this really well, though. It does. It certainly does impact our profession if. And for longevity purposes, whatever, if we all start working, you know, less hours uh, and population growth and, and, you know, pet ownership growth and stuff like that, it puts our, it puts our profession in a bind for now. Um, And hopefully we'll be better suited for the long run. I don't, I do not have an answer for that question on we're all surviving a little bit better, but our, we're not taking as good a care, you know, the client's always right kind of attitude that we had before and we'll bend over backwards no matter what, um, which was probably too far the other way. Um, but uh, that, that's, that's going to be, that's, that's a big shift. I don't know how, how we're going to answer that, but I think we're going to need two vets for every one that we used to have to um, make the system work. And I don't know where we're going to get them. I, I'll jump in with my opinion on that. I think you're completely correct, Gary. Our, our industry is changing and it's already molding. It's molding through technology. It's molding through the mobilization, utilization, verbiage of, of technologists, of technicians, of um, different ways of providing client producer care that we weren't able to do in, in yesteryears. And as a result of more individuals going to uh, part-time care or part-time work of less hours of different lifestyles, et cetera, I think it's our responsibility as employers, but also as industry, being regulators, everybody that's involved to be part of that solution, as opposed to just putting it on the employer. I'm an employer. I'm only one cog in the big wheel. And if the big wheel's not turning, we all lose. And we all lose. And I, I was chatting this with the other associate yesterday. We all lose also includes the veterinarian. It also includes the team in that clinic, because at the end of the day, we need to support our clients. That's what brings revenue into the practices. And if we don't have a business or if we're not generating revenue and a profit at the end of the day, we don't have a business. Yeah. It's tough. So it's a balance. And we're, we're going through that now, as far as, you know, just that pendulum swinging or whatever you want to call it, or are catching up. Um, I, yeah. And 
as you know, we, we're going to be better off if we are proactive instead of reactive. And so um, figuring out ways to get ahead of that, maybe it's, I hope it's not too late. <laughs> I think. Um, I don't think it is. I'm an optimist, but I don't think it's even near too late because we're having these conversations right now. And there are many people um, um, wanting to be solution orientated towards a future of veterinary medicine, as opposed to just giving it over to somebody that's, that's doesn't have the same ends in mind. Sounds like it's time for another panel. A panel discussion on that. That'd be good. I like it. Mike? We will get scheduled. Yes. I just have to, um, I have to have a consult with Rosalie to tell her, hold off on the baby's arrival till we can sneak a, sneak a few more podcast recordings in. October is a good month for birthdays though. That's, that's my birthday month. So. Okay. Um, Could could be sharing a birthday. That'd be awesome. Nice. Gary, I, I am curious at the end of your post, um, you just had a simple, simple question there. How, how can I, or how are you doing? How can I help? And obviously I'm not, I'm not looking for personal details here, but I would be curious, like what kind of outreach did you get, you know, silently? Cause some people aren't comfortable posting, you know, publicly and commenting publicly. Um, yeah, most of it was just not, I haven't had anybody say, I'm really struggling with this or that. It was more just personally, you know, Hey, thanks for, thanks for posting that. Um, good job. Hope you're doing well. Um, just on the more on, you know, texting me or, uh, direct messages. Um, uh, nobody's asked specifically, like, how do, how do I, how do I get from point A to point B? And I don't know that I'd be the one to, to, to help them with that completely, but I'm, uh, I love, I love helping people. I love meeting new people. And, and uh, um, so I'm there if people have questions. Excellent. Mike, I'm jumping in for a second. Ah, totally off topic, but mentions, but along the same lines. Last time we spoke to you was at the start of the year here. Looking back at it nine months later, do you feel um, through all of the different connections you have, conferences in person, and also the evolution of your personal life, do you feel that um, we're in a better spot compared to even early in the year with the conversations that are happening in veterinary medicine or not? Boy. Um, Loaded question. I, I, I think um, I, better spot is, is hard for me to answer on that because I think uh, certainly personally, yes. A hundred percent, just because we have, uh, we have a staff, we have a structure in place. We're going back to, um, we're not curbside or interacting with our clients. Um, and that, so personally that, um, it slows me down a lot because I've been catching up with all my clients in the exam rooms. And so that's a little bit slower. We've got students every month now in the clinic. So personally, that's great. And seeing all those things, change from where they were a year ago, I think is, is definitely, definitely better. Um, I think some of it, you know, as far as wait times, getting used things, uh, certainly the costs have gone up both to the client and to us to provide the care. Um, uh, There's still a lot of clinics that are struggling to get support staff and veterinarians in. Um, I think we're not in shock about those things as much as we were. And I think we're, um, uh, I think as a profession, I, I like to think we're more optimistic about where that's going to go and how we're, how we've 
like we talked about in January, how we're going to pivot to, to make it all work out. Um, but I don't know about the group, the, the overall big picture, but for me, it definitely is better. Excellent. Thank you for that. Nice. So Gary, I, I am curious. I think I know part of the answer to this, but with your, with your newfound time, I am seeing a lot more beautiful photography hitting your feet, mm. but, but what are you uh, filling your time with, I guess, with being out of the clinic? Uh, curling starts tomorrow. I forgot, I forgot you're an avid curler. Yeah. Curling league tomorrow. First time. Um, I, and then right after curling, I'm driving straight from curling. I'm going over to uh, Pullman, Washington to visit with friends, talk to a couple student groups and go to a football game, which um, now I can do that a little bit more casually over, you know, a four day weekend instead of like packing it all into a two day weekend. Um, And so looking forward to just uh, getting away and doing more of those. Um, we have, uh, we have a, I, um, I have a vacation home that I've been working on, and that's always fun to get away to. That's been new since the pandemic, and just doing projects there. It's a tiny little place that um, we're kind of redoing some things, but that's always fun too. Um, and still involved in a lot of organizations through the next year or so that I've got commitments to boards and stuff, and I feel like I'm a little bit more like we were talking about proactive instead of reactive to oh crud I got a meeting tonight and I haven't been you know been able to engage and get caught up on all the things that I need to do for that meeting and I'm a little bit better at that now not not where I'd like to be um and and so a lot of the same stuff just not as panicked not as urgency in all the in-betweens Nice. Nice. That's good to hear. Okay, Gary. I mean, uh, this, it was great catching up with you for those of you who are not already following you, um, or would like to see the post we're referencing, where would be a good spot uh, for them to track you down? Yeah. Instagram at it might get weird with dots between the words. Um, and, uh, love to engage there. Um, I have a lot of fun on Instagram. That's the only social media I do. <laughs> I only have a bandwidth for one. Um, and yeah, and yeah, please do connect. Don't just follow, but connect. Um, I'd, I'd love to, to get, get involved. Um, I think this is going to go earlier. So in person, the Veterinary Innovation Summit, um, if, you've, uh, uh, if you've never been to that one, you guys should go to that one. It's going to be in Portland uh, the 27th, 26th, 27th of September. So coming up quick. Um, so be there in person and then our Pacific Northwest conference later that same week here in Tacoma, Washington, if you're going to be in those areas, please find me. It'd be great. Nice. Yeah. And I think we mentioned last time you are a master connector. I can, I can already see that. I could see you at a conference. You're the person standing and there's a group of people surrounding you. And it's like, you just know in the middle of that circle is Gary. Uh, well, I, that, I can't say that you're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. All right. Okay. Well, thanks again, Gary. I mean, you are, you are such a leader in the veterinary space. You're so humble. We love connecting with you. Um, 
We're not going to run you through the impact round, but as always, we do like to end each episode with the final word going to our guests. So what message would you like to leave for the veterinary community? Um, try to make this quick one analogy I heard of the other day and it just really resonated is the, is sort of thinking of a candle. You know, if you've got one candle and you're, you're that candle and, um, you're worried about, um, you know, for me, I'm getting old and that candle is going to burn out. Right. But if you light somebody else's candle, it doesn't take anything away from the brightness or the flame of your candle. And if you can be involved in lighting a bunch of those, you can, you can light up the night and, um, and then those candles can keep burning long after I'm gone. And so want to think of that for the future for me is just lighting a bunch of candles before I get done with this career. Thank you for listening to the Veterinary Project Podcast. As a recap, on behalf of our hosts, the Veterinary Project Podcast will be releasing new episodes weekly. So be sure to tune in as we bring you more conversations aimed at helping you enjoy a life well lived. If you enjoyed what you heard on the show and you want to stay in the know, please like, love, and or subscribe to the podcast on the listening platform of your choosing, as we're available on all the usual suspects. If you know of others that may benefit from these conversations, we'd love it if you please share the show with them, as this will help us grow our community to reach more and more veterinary professionals. Speaking of which, if you are a veterinary professional and would like to get connected with more like-minded individuals who are joining us on this journey, please send an email to theveterinaryprojectpodcast at gmail.com, and we'll invite you to be a part of our private Facebook group. General feedback, requests for information, or perhaps requests to be a guest on the show can also be sent to the Veterinary Project Podcast at gmail.com. Dr. Michael Bug and Dr. Jonathan Light, thank you for listening to the show, and we'll catch you again next week for another episode of the Veterinary Project Podcast. Bye for now. Bye for now.